Oh no, there's another squad attacking. Welcome to the third party, an Apex Legends podcast hosted by myself, Shay, and joined as always by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? Today is the day, Shay. It's finally here. It is. Today we are covering all things Season 15 Eclipse. It is the release of the new season. It's a great day. It's going to be an awesome time to talk Apex. We got a lot to talk about today in particular as well. Uh, so yeah, stick around. It's going to be a fun episode. Uh, also, if you want a question answered on our podcast, leave it in the form of a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I guarantee it makes its way onto the show or ask it in our Discord channel for questions. We are thinking of doing more mailbag episodes in the future. We had some good response to that, so we'll definitely be working those in more and more. And if you'd like, follow us on Twitter, at Kirk Rudochet and at HB Burson. Links for those are in the description, as always. We're just coming off of the fourth third-party invitational private lobby tournament. It was a ton of fun. We were able to, I think, make a really good attempt at uh, streaming or <laughs> casting it on Twitch. Ended up getting like 250 unique views. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, hoping to plan another one of those. If you want to participate, this last one filled up fast. So the only way you can kind of get in first and actually register is if you are a Patreon supporter. So link for that is in the episode description. It's in the bio of everything that we have everywhere on social media. I highly recommend it. It's a ton of fun. We just got to get going on planning the next one. Don't mm-hmm. know when it's going to be, but hopefully another one before the end of the year if we're really feeling it. So let us know if you want to see that. And uh, yeah, make sure you sign up early. Yeah. With that though, let's dive into the news. Okay, so news. We're covering all things season 15. We're going to dive into the patch notes super deep. A um, little caveat is that we know we were given early access to some of this information, and we covered a lot of it last week. So we're not going to repeat ourselves on a handful of things. So if there's something in the patch notes you kind of want our thoughts on, uh, you can listen to last week's episode uh, to find it if we didn't discuss it today. And then the other caveat I'll throw is we're going to, you know, we'll talk Catalyst, we'll talk Broken Moon. Uh, but we're not going to dive super deep into those as we're going to give them their own episodes here. Broken Moon episode coming on Saturday and a Mastering Catalyst next week. Are we confirming that for next end of next week or are we going to do the week after? We all, It's a little bit up in the like air. to do Mastering Catalyst next week and then we'll do another Broken Moon episode that's more of like a ranked guide. Mm-hmm. This Saturday will kind of just be like a... First impressions. Just... First impressions, detailed like breakdown of everything that you can do and see uh, POI-wise. Um, but yeah, there's going to be plenty of content out there that's already out there yeah. and that's soon to come. Let's start right into it. And we'll start at the top still. Catalyst. I mean, we said we're going to do mastering, but it is coming the week after next. So we talked about her abilities in depth last week. But now we actually got our hands on her. We're able to play her. First impressions. What do you think of Catalyst right now? She's cool. Um, I don't yet know how difficult she is to play. It's really hard to tell early on when everybody's playing her, but I think there's still a lot of questions about how powerful are her passive and tactical, how easy are they to destroy and to get around. I've personally really enjoyed using, uh, the passive to kind of block people off and get away, Mm -hmm. um, and to flank people. But where I see the majority of the focus on 
catalyst and her power potential is with the, and this is kind of weird, she's defensive, but the offensive capability of her ultimate is one that I have a big emphasis on. And so we'll be getting some reps in and trying to prove out that that theory, um, but I think something might be there. Yeah, I think it is really interesting. She She's a odd legend in terms of build. That Something definitely different. I think she's the door queen, though. So she's going to dominate playing those doors unlike anyone else. That passive works way quicker than I was expecting, and the tactical is a lot larger yeah. than expecting than I was expecting. And I was surprised that it is a, you know, it's a permanent feature. You can have three of them out, and they're going to stay out there until either destroyed or you activate another one which really does allow her to kind of D up an area in a way Caustic would, which was not like one of the initial comparisons we were making. So I think she's a lot more defensive from that nature that I was expecting. And like you're talking about, might have that offensive capability to go with it. So she's going to be cool to monitor. We'll get all the details mastering her next week uh, and see where she's kind of at on that frame from the public's perception as well at that point. So it's going to be fun. I'm excited to kind of keep rolling on her. Broken Moon though, new map, obviously that's the big, Big change coming with this season. We don't need to go too far into it because we are really doing a Broken Moon episode on Saturday. Full in-depth, dropping everything. But, you know, give me those first impressions at least of going in over the map, dropping in. What do you think? It's so hard to be realistic when a map first releases. So I just kind of have to be optimistic. I think that it's really fun so far. And the zip rails are... I think a win, you know, it without a doubt, the zip rails are going to have a profound impact on the pacing of the map. But at this point, I have no idea if that pacing is on the faster or the slower end mm-hmm. because of the zip rails. I like it could go either way in my head. So I think we just need to play it out for a little while and see. But in terms of fun, I think it hits. Yeah. I agree. And I think the map looks great as well. Beautiful skybox that just is absolutely killer. So I'm a fan. Really unique POIs. And yeah, tune in to Saturday's episode. We're going to go over every single POI and then really kind of dive into what we're thinking about the map so far. Other piece of news. We've got a firing range update. That's the other kind of fun thing that's coming in this deep dive. Um, they are not making, obviously, Legends free to all players permanently, but all Legends will be unlocked in the firing range now so players can test who they want to unlock next. You actually noted that this is something we asked for a long time ago on like a wish list episode or something, like over a year and a half ago. So, yeah, about time. <laughs> long, long time ago. I know that last year for the anniversary, you know, they had three different Legends, think Octane, Valk, and Watson were all like free for a limited time if you like signed in. Love that. Getting people more chances to play different legends, even if it's for a limited time, I think is fantastic. You know, one of our most commonly asked questions on the podcast is who should I, I unlock? Mm-hmm. Um, either open ended or between a certain amount. And this allows you to, you know, obviously not in a live fire situation evaluate a legend but just kind of see if it's your play style and if it's actually appealing so i love this huge fan and like you said jay something that we've been asking for for a long time very true 
Let's dive into the balancing changes, though. This is the nitty-gritty. No legend balancing this season, only weapons. Anything you want to share on that front, just about the lack of legend balancing? Because it's kind of been a topic of discussion on social media, some disappointment out there. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I think I share that disappointment. The fact of the matter is, we have had very light legend balancing over the last more than a year. Mm -hmm. You know, we've seen major legend balancing in connection with heirlooms. um, And that is kind of where the majority of the focus is, uh, for better or for worse. The positive light to it is that the legends are fairly balanced. Like we're in a pretty healthy place. So many different legends have a ton of viability. And that's really what you want to focus on. There's always going to be legends that are at the top of the meta or top of popularity or could be tweaked a little bit. And so in that way, you can kind of just accept that this is for a limited time how things are. If it's playable and fun, then it's a win. But it's hard to ignore the fact that there is always tweaking that you can do, Mm -hmm. even if everything's perfect, just to keep it fresh. And that's something that we built this podcast on, Mm -hmm. like the legend balancing updates season to season. Yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, I'm not of the opinion like, hey, our meta is broken and we have so much balancing that needs to be done. I think if you're just not going to do legend balancing, though, maybe give a little reason why, like. Seer's been meta for a while. They've talked about Seer being meta for a while. So maybe we get a little comment of like, hey, you know, Seer is not being changed for this reason, this reason, this reason. Uh, And Catalyst might impact him as well, potentially. I don't know. Something about like why you're not legend balancing doesn't even need to be specific to the legend uh, is fine. I think what you were talking about, though, with like the balancing for uniqueness and freshness is interesting because one of my favorite things about Apex and one of my favorite things about the weapons team is we're constantly getting balances to shift the meta. And that is an actual goal of that team, is that we want to keep things fresh. We want to make some guns good and some guns not as good during certain seasons. They have not taken that opinion of the Legends. And I think there's probably an argument to be made that'd be really fun, like that you could juice stuff and then you know bring it back down pretty easily with Legends the same way you would guns. Like we talk about, you know, Mirage meta would suck, but... What if we had a Mirage meta for a split or something? I think there's something that you could do there if you felt like the legends could keep the game fresh as well and the way the weapons do. But we don't need to harp too much about it. It's it's not the end of the world. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I think focusing on the fact that the legend that you play is very powerful right now, you know, Mm -hmm. for the most part, that we have so many legends now that at the end of the day. Not everybody can be at the top, mm-hmm. but there are so many that are super fun and super powerful. So I think kind of take solace in that, enjoy the new legend. But also, I just think it's something that we could be complaining about. But at the end of the day, I think this is just how things are. Like mm-hmm. legend balancing is not what it used to be a year and a half, two years ago, where we're coming out with six, seven different updates for legends. Um that doesn't happen anymore. And it hasn't for a long time. So this season isn't a huge shock to me personally. Uh, but I understand uh, if some people could be upset by it. Yeah. Understood. Um, other changes, though. Ranked. Uh, they changed the entry requirement to play. They increased it from level 10 to level 20. No notes or anything with this. You know, we're not getting dev notes generally at all. So I guess the assumption here is less smurfing. You know, 
You've got to have more viability on your account to join in for the first time. Interesting change, honestly, to me with the introduction of the uh, rookie tier as well, which kind of felt like a avenue for people to play ranked regardless of their skill level. So a little odd, but you know, it's it's whatever. <laughs> yeah, the, I think the hope is this is against cheaters or smurfers mm-hmm. or whatever it is. Um, I think a lot of people were hoping for more changes in this area, yes. but this is something. Uh, gold weapons, our rotation this season, we're going to have the R301, the Devotion, the 3030, the Eva, and the Prowler. I think that's a pretty stacked lineup, generally speaking, Henry. Um, I will throw the caveat on the Eva. It's always a little weird when you have a shotgun in your gold rotation because a shot, gold shotgun bolt doesn't really do anything. Um, but it's still kind of fun and nice to have. And I'll pick up all these guns, gold. So, Yeah. We always get a gold shotgun, and it's hilarious to me. Um, I mean, whenever you have the R three hundred one in the gold rotation, you're you're laughing mm-hmm. because that's great. But the gold devotion is not one that I don't think we've had in a long, long time. It's been a minute, um, and probably the most attachment intensive weapon in the game mm-hmm. to have that fully kitted and available to pick up. Very, very nice because there, I don't think, is a better weapon that could be fully kitted that you could pick up. So, love to see those two, and it's an overall really good lineup. 100%. Um, okay, hop ups. This is the big change for the season. So, we'll go one by one. I was going to read them all off and then talk about them, but I think we'll go one by one. First, the return of the anvil receiver. It's been added to the floor loot and crafting bundles. Henry, can you give players a reminder? what the anvil is for someone that hasn't played in a while or someone that's new to the game and may just need to kind of learn what an anvil is. Yeah, I think it's possible this hop-up is overhyped just slightly. We are both blasphemous. I know it's, <laughs> I mean, it's good, but it's it gets a lot of hype. And what it does is it turns the fully automatic R301 and flatline into semi-automatic weapons mm-hmm. uh, that you can toggle the fire rate on or off and it does more damage but consumes twice the ammo per shot so this is a big one because whenever it is in rotation i think this is perhaps the third time uh, that it's come back it really it, it really changes things because it allows these fully automatic ars that are already at the top of their class to then compete with marksmans. Mm-hmm. So it just kind of frees up your inventory and gives you a lot of options. It, it really is a shift up to marksman, like you're saying. And I think we're going to do some episodes on how they compare, but just even having the flexibility is a huge deal. And I think specifically for the flatline, though, there's a lot of people that say, hey, flatline is like a really difficult gun to control for some people. Anvil, flatline, single fire as like a permanent way to use the gun is not a bad move at all, in my opinion. And uh, I'll see if the numbers support that once we actually dive into it. But I think it makes the guns a lot more approachable and usable, provides range. It's great. But other dot books, because we got more to cover. Double tap trigger has been increased to legendary rarity. And with that increase, they have improved recoil for the burst fire on the scout. And oh my goodness. I think we're both kind of on the same page with 
it's a pretty, pretty good change. As people that generally have said for a while, the double tap on the G7 is kind of like a, some people like it, some people don't. You can go either way. You don't really have to use it. You don't have to have it on. If you find it, it's kind of eh or eh. I think we're both like, oh man, I think uh, I think this is very freaking good now on the G7. It has become a lot easier to use and you are melting people when you hit your shots consecutively now with the double trap. I, I think this could be like my number one gun this season is double tap G7 uh, as of now. Yeah, and the rarity change could could make that a lot harder. True. You know, I think that this is a buff, but it's also a nerf in that rarity. Um, I have not in the past. I agree. I haven't been a fan of the the double tap on the G7, but you know, initial testing, it looks pretty good. But definitely once we get to the numbers, we'll be able to tell for sure. Yeah. hundred percent. Turbocharger. They reduce the damage by one when equipped. What do you got, numbers guy? Tell me about this. Yeah. Why? <laughs> this affects both the devotion and the havoc um, under the turbocharger. This has always been a very, very powerful hop up. It's hard to tell. Oh, we have gotten burned in the past <laughs> making assumptions that one damage isn't a lot. It is something. We will break it down in the numbers in an upcoming episode. But the reason that I don't think this is like a throw out the window, you know, change is the devotion and the havoc respectively in their classes have the highest ammo capacity. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I don't know how it's going to affect the time to kill, but will it affect the, the power potential of the weapon? Probably not in a significant way, but I'll wait to have final judgment, but that's my initial assumption. <laughs> hey, I appreciate the patience. We'll dive into the numbers, as you said. It'll be interesting to follow. Um, hammer point, remove from floor loot and crafting bundles. Uh, boosted loader, remove from floor loot and crafting bundles. And kinetic feeder, removed from floor loot and crafting bundles. And if you're doing some math, as you mentioned before the show, this means we probably got the most legendary hop-ups in the loot pool at once uh, and the sweep to some hop ups we love i think the hammer point boost loaded and i'm a kinetic feeder fan i know that one's kind of a little bit more iffy on if you like it or not but boosted loader and hammer point i'd say pretty big deal that those are gone those really helped a couple weapons out there yeah i love the boosted loader it's really gonna be missed i think uh, on both the hemlock and the wingman respectively um you know, yeah, you're right. Four legendary hop-ups, the anvil, the double tap, the turbocharger, and the skull piercer. I find it almost comical that we changed the double tap from purple to gold, mm -hmm. but we didn't change the skull piercer from gold to purple. Yeah. Like, this was the moment. This was when we were going to have everything right in the world, <laughs> and uh, it didn't happen. You know, this is a lot of changes to the hop-ups. It's always interesting i think when on the balancing side they do a lot all at once because it's hard to tell off this initial read mm -hmm. what's gonna happen to the meta you know there's so much to look at um it could be hard to draw a conclusion but one of the things that is for sure is now that we have four legendary hop-ups this means that you're gonna have to go all the way up to gold hop-ups yep. every single time to actually know if it's gonna be worth it because there's so many options mm -hmm. and likely that's not going to be applicable to your weapon you know you got a 25 percent chance um so i think that's one little negative in this abundance of gold legendary bliss 
It's going to be interesting though, because it kind of poses the question. And I think we were maybe feeling it small sample size, just because we haven't played a ton today, but no purple hop ups, like very few purple hop ups. I mean, does that mean we're going to see more gold by default then? Is it a hop up pool that we're pulling from? Yeah. Or how does, how do the two kind of relate to each other? Will be an interesting thing that I hope we can maybe get an answer from the dev team. I would assume we'll just see less hop ups generally, but it really did feel like we were finding a lot today uh, in our early playthroughs. So small sample, we'll see. Crafting. We got some crafting rotation changes. Spitfire in. PK in Havoc in P2020 on the ground. I'd say that's a pretty big shift. Havoc and P2020, two guns that really uh, weren't in the normal rotation for people uh, with the PK, which is obviously a beloved weapon. And then the Spitfire, which is kind of you know hot and cold for people right now. Um, but yeah, it's an interesting switch. Any early thoughts, predictions on how you think it might shake out? Where are you kind of feeling on how the crafting has been going lately? Yeah, whenever they mess with this peacekeeper i feel like things don't go well mm-hmm. um because that's a really beloved weapon um but it's so popular that with the return of another weapon this is maybe necessary uh to keep things fresh weapon meta wise um even though the spitfire i think is a pretty cold gun uh nowadays this is probably the best crafting rotation we've had in a long time you know, just in terms of weapons that if you craft them, they're pretty usable without a ton of attachments. Mm-hmm. Um, Spitfire and the Peacekeeper historically have been pretty good at that. Um, unlike the RE45, P2020, Havoc, and Devotion that we've had in the last season. So I think optimistic about this, but it definitely has a profound impact, specifically with the PK. Yeah, it'll be interesting to kind of monitor, see if we get feedback on it from the community and you know ours and the community at large, because it'll be interesting. You were hinting at it, though. We had some supply drop changes and a change to the quote-unquote crate rotation is how it was referred to in the patch notes. Uh, we know the crate rotation as the care package. Uh, so interesting terminology and vocab coming from the dev team there. But the Mastiff is returning to the floor. And the RE45 is entering the crafter with disruptor rounds. Two very interesting, I think very fun changes. Obviously, the Mastiff coming back to the ground makes a ton of sense with the PK going into the pack. But RE45 with disruptor, you know, we had alternator with disruptor in the care package a while back. That was a fun one. This is kind of the kind of stuff that I think makes the care package unique, fresh, and a ton of fun. We were a long time ago hoping that the RE with the Disruptor would make an appearance in the supply drop. Now we have it. One of the things that I noticed, well, maybe two of the things. <laughs> Number one, it's powerful. You know, this thing melts. And with the mobility uh, and the fast reload of the RE, I think this is a, a good one to pick up. A lot of fun. Uh, but number two, I believe this is the first time that we've had a care package weapon have all of its attachment slots full. Um, And this is pretty interesting because normally we just have the optic and you can swap that out. So if you pick up a rampage, it won't have a barrel stabilizer and a mag and a stock. Mm -hmm. It'll just have all that blank and you'll just have the optic. But for the RE, you have the laser sight, you have the extended mags, you have the optic, uh, and then the the hop-up disruptor rounds. And I think that's interesting because they wanted to make sure people knew, hey, 
this isn't just a random RE45 mm-hmm. that looks weird. This has disruptor rounds on it. So unique UI for this weapon going in. Um, curious if this is a one-off or not, but it's super weird to see a red laser sight attachment on any gun. Yeah, definitely. It, it is quite odd. I totally forgot about that, so that's a good call-out for sure. Um, Rampage, LMG. It has been balanced a little slightly, and an interesting change. I'm very fascinated to hear your feedback on this. Uh, it begins charged on the first-time pickup from the supply drop, and they remove the heat decay over time. And I'll also throw in that they made a change to the Rampage and the Sentinel overall, where you can recharge the Rampage and the Sentinel before the previous charge has expired. Very fascinating. I really like this change. I mean, the concept of being able to charge up your Rampage at any point and not have to worry about that decaying, obviously, and you just have a charged Rampage ready for a fight, I think is a very nice buff to this weapon. What are your kind of first impressions, though? Do you think this is going to be a care pack only thing, or will this roll over to when the gun, if the gun comes back to the ground, this heat decay change will stay? I have to assume it probably won't stay coming out of the pack, um, but I'm prepared to be proven wrong by that <laughs> just because the Sentinel didn't get the same treatment yeah. and it's kind of a similar situation. Um, you know, as a Rampage lover, I can say that. I don't absolutely, you know, drop everything for this weapon when I see it in the pack um, because it does take time to charge it up. And ideally, you want to have at least one other thermite. So it, it can be a tough sell, even though I still think it's really powerful and it's already, you know, dialed to the max in terms of its its damage potential. This makes it so much better. I highly recommend it. Um it's a very powerful weapon no matter what, but this just makes it more approachable, easier to mm-hmm. use, more of a hard sell. I think we'll, we'll talk about this at the end, but having the Rampage and the Spitfire out of the ground rotation for loot, man, huge switch up to the weapon meta. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll talk more about that. I think uh, these are weapons that people haven't used enough. I think they were missing out on mm-hmm. it. But uh, now, you know, you're going to have to see what it's like to not have the option. Yeah. Before we get into the rest of the web balancing, though, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Welcome back. Let's dive into it. Weapon balancing, some great changes. We'll start with the Mastiff and the RE45. They've obviously been messed around with their one coming into the care package, one coming out of the care package. With that comes some balancing changes. Starting with the Mastiff, the ammo capacity was increased from 4 to 5. They widened the blast pattern. Damage per pull, per pellet reduced from 14 to 11. The projectile growth was reduced and reload can now be canceled with ADS. Obviously, you know, we're tuning this weapon because the Mastiff is an absurdly good gun in the care package, best shotgun in the game we've probably ever seen at this point in time. And so we're having it take a step back. But the, the ammo capacity increase is also a nice little, you know, hey, we're taking a lot of stuff away, but here's a good little buff your way. How do you think it's going to compare, though, to the PK? Because we always talk about how different they actually play as weapons, uh, even though they're both shotguns. One kind of being like, a, you choke it up, one's really quick, widespread, diamond versus horizontal line. Do you think people are going to like having the Mastiff back on the ground? <laughs> it's honestly hard to tell, because I think this is... a pretty clear 
revert to where it was pre-pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say right now is the Mastiff, the sound of it, gives you so much fear and anxiety. Um, and I don't know how long it'll take for that to go away. Like you said, this was in the care package, the most powerful shotgun we've ever seen. It still sounds the same now that it's on the ground. It's had some nerfs. So I think it's at least hard for me to get over that fear whenever I hear it in a fight. Um, but we'll see how long that lasts because it's definitely not what it once was. Mm-hmm. And on a later episode, we'll really break that down for you to see how does it compare to the current shotgun meta? Should you be using it consistently? Compared to what it once was until it kills me for 114 to the head. <laughs> That's exactly yes. how it's going to shake down. Uh, RE45, yes. though. They increased the damage from 12 to 14, and obviously they added disruptor rounds, which increased damage against shields by 30%. I think it's going to be a pretty good weapon, man. Uh, I think we're going to be looking at a very strong RE45 when uh, push comes to shove. <laughs> it melts. I mean, you can... Use it for yourself in the firing range. See what it does against the dummies. But you have to, and and it just shreds. It melts people. But you have to take into account the fact that it's a pistol, and you just have so much speed and mobility. So it's a must pick up. Yeah, a hundred percent. L star. They reduced the recoil at the beginning of the pattern, and the stow animations was adjusted to better match timings. I actually think this might be like a little change that gets slept on a little bit. I, I think the recoil is so oppressive on the L-Star at the beginning. And so if it really is kind of dialed back into a usable place, they really worked on the visuals of the uh, L-Star over the last couple of seasons. So maybe this could leave it in a solidish spot and something that maybe you will, will even feel good about picking up in the early game, which is when I think a lot of people kind of run into needing to use the L-Star. Has a Rampart main. <laughs> I mean, a really solid loadout is an R301 L-Star. Like, mm-hmm. the L-Star is such a good secondary, and tightening up that initial kind of burst recoil makes it that much better. So I, I think this is a positive change. This is something we won't be able to really prove without a shadow of a doubt via the numbers, yeah. but the L-Star, despite it being weird, it's worth using because mm-hmm. it, it can really throw people off guard with its lack of needing to reload if used properly. And it's an LMG in a world where most LMGs are extinct in yeah, Apex. Yeah. So all the strengths that they have, even though the L-Star is weird, it can compete against ARs and SMGs in a pretty unique way. So definitely take a look at the L-Star. 100%. Volt also got a little bit of a switch up. They reduced Reduce the projectile speed and increase projectile gravity. Henry, weapons expert, can you make that make sense? Or are we kind of shooting from the hip on what we think projectile gravity means in Apex? Would have loved the dev note on this one. (laughs) It's weird. It is weird. And this is where we really start to miss the dev stream, Mm -hmm. you know, where we can actually have an expert break this down for us. Um, What blows my mind is the Volt is an energy weapon. It shouldn't have any bullet drop. <laughs> it shouldn't really be affected by gravity. The projectile shouldn't be. Um, at least it hasn't really been noticed in the past. Um, this to me means that it is now. Um, but at the end of the day, the Volt was never that long range SMG. Mm-hmm. Um, you're probably not going to feel it very much. I've already had success with the Volt uh, on the first day of the season. Um, but I think this combined with other changes. Uh, 
definitely have some sort of perhaps intangible impact on the SMG meta this season, which uh, again, we will be breaking down. <laughs> definitely. It, it is an odd one though when we get stuff like this for sure. Um, triple take. Okay. Rate of fire increased from 1.2 to 1.35 and the choke charge time reduced from 1.1 to 0.75. Is this our biggest weapon buff of the season? I know the next one we're looking at is a contender as well. But this is legit. Like, this is a... Take a look at the triple take, guys. Uh, as people that I think yeah. we both kind of said not really a, a super viable weapon last season because the snipers are all so great. But this is a legit change. It really is. The rate of fire, I think, is the big one here. Um, just because the triple take has been... You know, that really fast marksman, sniper, whatever you want to call it, weapon in the past. Um, now it's, you know, edging closer to that point. But the biggest weakness of the triple take is that first hit is going to be big, but then the second and the third hit are going to be fragmented. So that reduced choke time, I think, is where you're going to see a lot of the power come back to the triple take. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, one tool. One to watch. Those follow-up shots will definitely hit more substantially. It'll be a nice change. And I like using the triple take. I think it's a very easy gun to use. Anything that's kind of got that energy hit scan, you know, template of a weapon is a a very strong one. The triple take is not hit scan. The triple take just feels that way at times. So what I just want to clarify, so nobody gets mad at me. Uh, Just wanted to throw that out there. That was quick. quick quick. As soon as I said the word hit scan, I knew I was like, let me just clarify. It just Don't it just feels me. that way sometimes. Like, <laughs> just feels that way sometimes. Uh, R99. They increased the blue magazine size from 24 to 25 and increased the purple magazine size from 27 to 28. My, oh my, am I interested to dive into this one because the third-party staple number of accuracy percentage is a very big deal around here, and this is going to directly impact that in a positive way for the R99. I'm thrilled to see where it kind of winds up. This one is just random. (laughs) Like, it's just totally random. Last season, we saw big subjective buffs to the R9 Mm -hmm. in the way of the laser sight and it not being on the car. Now we have another buff for the R9, making it the most powerful R9 we've ever seen outside of the care package. Mm -hmm. Absolutely shocking. I have no clue what this is all about. I've already been been beaming people today with the r9 so i mean right off the bat this is your moment you know <laughs> r9 lovers uh stand up um but yeah please stand once up. we do a full comparison like this could really rattle us a little bit in terms of the power of the r9 yeah uh pk got a little change projectile growth reduced anything major you want to speak to with that change how we might feel it potentially makes it a little bit harder to hit enemies uh, especially at range um this was always an interesting metric that was introduced in a recent season where the pellets not only increased in their spread but their size so that you were getting more damage at range um you know we don't have any numbers associated with this so we don't know how much mm-hmm. uh how drastic this was or minimal um but to be honest people probably won't be crafting a whole lot of pks so We'll see if maybe we get this at 
the split where the PK comes out of the crafter and people start to feel it. We'll see. Time will tell. Break my heart that the PK is not going to get used and crafted at sure all. Sure it anymore. will. Sure it no, will. It won't. You're right. First Everyone you got to craft your armor. It. First you got to get bats. Oh, you know, no. you have to do a lot of things. Oh, no. Oh, man. Okay. Another fun change. Ring shrink change. This is an interesting one. The ring one pre-shink, pre pre-shink, pre-shrink. I'm forgetting how to speak. Pre-shrink time was increased from 60 seconds to 90 seconds. To put that into context, prior to last season, it was 180 seconds and they walked it back down to 60 seconds. So maybe we're finding a happy medium. I think you and I were both on the same page. It felt too fast. Uh, it just was too intense uh, playing the game at 60 seconds. It's early you know, into the season. To me, 90 seconds feels pretty dang good in the healthy though right now. I agree. Um, this is a good partial walk back. Um, you know, I, I just would have loved a little more explanation yeah. on these kind of changes um, because explaining to the community what the intention is, I think is really, really important. And obviously, I mean, it's our job to try to explain these things. Mm-hmm. So we, we want to know. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that this 90 second round one pre-shrink timer Mm -hmm. feels a lot, lot better. And on the new map, I think it's the best way to give it its best shot at having positive reception. Yeah, agreed. Uh, Some other random changes, quality of life stuff. We'll rattle through this. Uh, They updated the UI tab navigation system and presentation. They updated various menus. So you see, so use the updated navigation system. Uh, Zip lines can now be pinged from a distance, and they decreased the time required to pick up two teammates' banners from their death boxes by canceling the initial banner pickup animation when you grab a second one. Um, Interesting little UI stuff. What do you think of the the new menus uh, that we're kind of rocking with now? They are futuristic, man. Mm -hmm. They are futuristic. I... I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> I, I like cool UIs, but you change things, and it's hard for me. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say. Yeah, I, it's cool, but it's a it's an adjustment. Henry's never great at adjusting to new things, guys. Just so it's you hard know. for me. Yeah, it's just hard. Uh, with the new season, we got a new battle pass and and a new evolving skin, the charge rifle. How do you feel? Charge rifle is the evolving weapon. Skin of season 15 Eclipse. It's a complete face palm <laughs> moment. It's just, it's worse than the longbow. Oh, like, I, I can't believe it. It's like you think about it and you're like, the P2020 would be better than that. You know, like it'd be more fun. Mm-hmm. But if you want to incentivize me to use the charge rifle in ranked, I guess <laughs> sign me up. It's going to be like, the best excuse for want. people now. Oh my Gotta God. Got to evolve my skin. Oh my God. Yeah. It's hilarious. Random one. Um, some other changes that are not listed in the patch notes that we were, uh, we've seen people talking about on Twitter. Uh, they've added a use our abilities ping to add it to the game. We both love the ping system. Great little UI change. Love this. Um, and then we can't 100% confirm this because we didn't think about it when we were playing to actually double check, but it has been said that support legends can now open blue bins, not just lifeline. If so, pretty cool 
change and buff to the other support legends in the game. I think we'll probably, you know, we'll confirm this and talk about it more when we talk about some legends in upcoming episodes. But yeah, this would be a, a great buff for like a Loba, uh, for example. Absolutely. Um, here's a fun one. Okay. We're kind of out of the balancing stuff. We're going to wrap it up. We're going to get into some questions before we do. Both update on the season length of season 15. So season 15 is set to be the second longest season of Apex Legends at 105 days. So that means it'll end February 14th, 2023. Ranked one split is going to last 76 days. For perspective, season 14 was 84 days total. Josh Medina, you know, very, very uh, high up employee at Respawn with the Apex team, responded to this stating, Quote, it'll be worth it at the end of the rainbow, I promise. Which is, you know, putting some lofty expectations on the next season after coming out with a new map this season to say, hey, it's the longest season, new map, have fun. But by the way, next season, man, it's going to be worth the wait. Like, that's a big deal. We've been bamboozled by Josh before in the past, so don't put too much into it. But this is a pretty big deal, I would say, uh, for this season of Apex Legends. What do you think about it? Where do you want to start? Total length or the split? Uh, in general oh it's just mind-blowing the length of this first split is crazy it, it's hard to tell um what it'll feel like mm-hmm. honestly like for the preds i think this will be the hardest season yet to maintain that badge yeah um but holy cow i mean almost double the length of the last split um gives you a lot of time i guess to to get up the ranks but uh staying on this map for so long i think winter express can't come soon enough (laughs) uh, to give us a little bit of a a reprieve so yeah this this is a big shocker really don't know what the intention behind it is um but it's a shocker. I threw the slight assumption out there that like hey maybe it's like this because we need to give the pros a ton of time to be able to exclusively play this map so they can get to this map quicker and comp. And so a long split allows them to learn all the nitty gritty details. But even with that, it is, it's a long split. And uh, yeah, I would have loved to comment on this why potentially. And, you know, this is a pretty big, just because we're taking such a long season here, it's a big shift to, you know, how the schedule is going to go on a year by year basis and when seasons start and when seasons end, we're not going to have the same cadence. I think that we've had the last two years, everything's going to be a little bit, you know, a little bit off, which not a bad thing, just kind of a curious thing. I'd say the least anything else on this season though. First impressions, a lot of nitty gritty, good stuff in here. Big weapon balancing season as a whole is kind of, I think the, the big takeaway here. Yeah. I mean, when we think about the weapon pool, you know, four legendary hop ups is something noteworthy. Removing, you know, now the Spitfire and the the Rampage off the floor definitely impact the the LMGs and their viability. That trickles all the way down to my girl Rampart. Mm-hmm. But uh, also looking at the Anvil and the Double Taps impact on the Marksman and the AR class, I think there's a lot of strength and power concentrated there and the long range meta. Um, but then some extremely wacky and outlandish changes to <laughs> SMGs. So 
I think there's a lot between the SMGs and the shotguns, which we can probably do an episode on, and then the marksmans and the ARs that we can probably do a full episode on. Um, we haven't had a switch up like this that is so across the board. So we'll see. I think players could be shocked. They could be overwhelmed by the amount of changes. Um, but don't worry, the R301 is still the king. So <laughs> take solace in that. Take solace in that for sure. Uh, we're going to wrap it up with some five-star questions. We'll just dive right into it. First five-star question comes from It's a Me Mario. Henry, Henry, and Shay, what would you recommend as a good work-life balance between being a college student and playing Apex? Also, have you guys been playing Overwatch 2? If so, do you enjoy playing it? Work-life balance, Henry. Are you the person that should speak to that? No. <laughs> no. End of discussion. <laughs> yeah, don't come to us. What I, what I can say is that we started the podcast while we were in college playing mm-hmm. Apex. Um, and so maybe that's the opposite of what you should be doing. Um, but in, I, I got no advice. I can't even start to fake it, man. <laughs> I, I can't do it. I mean, at this point, I pretty much have five jobs uh, between my day job and influence marketing, doing the podcast, running the production company, consulting, and then doing partnerships with a friend. Uh, also on the agency side of influencer stuff. Um, it's too much. I, I live to work right now. You we'll live. see how long I can keep doing that. Yeah. I don't recommend it. I, I don't know. I mean, here's the end. At the end of the day, it's me and Mario. School comes first. That's your number one priority right now. Don't spend too much time playing games if it's getting in the way of other parts of your life. Have a social life. Hang out with your friends. Maybe your friends are on video games. There can be a great balance there. You know, but get out, be social, get outside, go on hikes, play some sports, do whatever makes you happy, have a great time. Don't be all in an apex and yeah, make sure you're doing the best you can in school, very first and foremost as of now. Um, Overwatch 2, I'm not sure if you've been playing it. I played a bit of Overwatch 2 the last two weeks, kind of between, uh, you know, end of apex season before COD came out. It was a good time. Not my game, like not my cup of tea for like if I was going to grind one game and you know make a podcast and stream and all that kind of fun stuff. But it's a cool switch up, great change of pace, and a good time. Haven't gotten around to it because of that work life balance. So (laughs) we'll check in later. Oh, man. (laughs) Next five star question coming from White Boy Wally. With all the releases of new legends so often, do you think there will be a cap of how many are introduced? Will legends start to be removed to make room for newer legends, or will we just end up with 50 different legend options? Also, a big fan of the show. You guys do a great job here. Appreciate it. This is always an interesting one. You know, like, is there going to be a max legends? Back in the day, we used to point to the legend balancing team coming from League of Legends. And so thinking like, hey, League's got this entirely huge roster, so they'll never, you know, stop doing a legend. I still don't think they're going to stop doing legends anytime soon. It's a big part of what they do. It's a big part of their marketing and pitch to players to keep playing and have a new season. I think it's more likely we get like a larger scale reset than it is that we kind of stop uh, adding more legends to the game. I agree. I think the concern with just adding more and more and more is the older or original legends become less and less viable um, because you just have, I don't know, some people call it power creep, but just abilities starting to overlap mm-hmm. so much that you don't go back to the originals because the new ones are either 
more fresh or more powerful in order to compete. Um, so that's something that will naturally happen as we continue to scale up the roster. Um, but I agree with Shay that we will not stop unless there is an Apex Legends 2. Yeah. And then that would allow us to to have a reset um, and to kind of even the playing field and then start again at a lower amount. So that's an option. Honestly, don't think that's going to happen uh, despite there being a Warzone 2. Yeah. Uh, don't think that'll happen with Apex. Agreed. And five-star question coming from Gibby Main. Last one of the day. You guys bring my day up when I feel down, and that's what I like about you guys. Anyways, what are your thoughts on Bang updates? An update I think that they should add is that Bang could see through her own smoke like Caustic, who should be deleted. <laughs> Got the strong wow. Caustic opinions here. Appreciate the kind Super. words, though. Appreciate the kind words. We live to bring people's days up with Apex Legends talk. Yeah, I think one of the reasons, and this is something we've discussed uh, for years now on the podcast, is could you have some sort of digi threat passive for Bangalore through her smoke? One of the big reasons that I don't think this is viable is Caustic primarily deploys gas through the barrels, which can be countered in a variety of ways mm-hmm. and have a lot of downsides. It's a trap. It's not really supposed to be offensive. That's where his ultimate, very powerful, you can throw that on top of people. Bangalore has two effective caustic ultimates. And so, you know, the big power of caustic's ultimate is less so the damage and more the blinding and the slowing. If Bangalore could have two of those blinding abilities that are larger and she can shoot at people far away and up close and be able to have, you know, an outline Mm -hmm. of them. That just is way too powerful. Yeah. Um, and even though smoke is a double-edged sword, that ability I think is way too powerful, especially when you compare it to caustic. Yeah, uh, agreed. Well said. I think it's definitely uh, it'd be a bit oppressive. I mean, look when the game has had slight bugs and people complain that smoke can be slightly visible. There's been a riot. So if we actually had an ability that made it overtly visible, I think it would be tough for sure. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that's going to wrap things up for us. Thanks so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. And thank you to our producer, the Third Party 10, who supports us over on Patreon. Hit the plus on Apple, drop a follow on Spotify, and check out the Discord via the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. We'll catch you next time. Peace. Hey now, another squad coming in. Boom, whole squad down. Maybe tomorrow.